Hello. Welcome to the first episode of Learning and Living in the Midst of a Pandemic, a four-episode podcast series that will aim to identify and understand what a residential curriculum is generally, and more specifically here at Concordia College. Additionally, we will talk about how the global COVID pandemic has affected the ability to implement curriculum both at Concordia and other surrounding colleges in the Fargo-Moorhead community. Joining us today on our first episode is Emily Meyer. Emily Meyer is the Assistant Director for Residential Education. This is her fourth year at Concordia College, having started in the summer of 2017. As an undergraduate, Emily worked in residence life for three years and was also involved in Greek life, varsity athletics, music ensembles, and worked for multiple offices, including admissions, alumni relations, and summer conferences. In 2013, Emily earned her master's degree in leadership and student affairs from the University of St. Thomas. While at UST, Emily worked for residence life and campus life. From 2013 to 2017, Emily worked at Fort Hayes State University as a hall director, where she oversaw a building of 600 residents, chaired the fall training and staff selection committees, supervised undergraduate and graduate students, and responded to many, many fire alarms. <laughs> Hi, Emily, how are you doing today? Hi, Isaac, I am good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just well. Hopefully your time at Concordia has been a little bit less of fire alarms. <laughs> Significantly fewer fire alarms oh, here that's good to hear. my last position. <laughs> Well, let's just dive right into this. What exactly is a residential curriculum, Emily? Yeah, the easiest, like short version of what a residential curriculum is, um, is the intentional learning that happens as a result of living and engaging in our residence halls. Right. I feel like when we think about curriculum, a lot of the times people go to like education or other field areas like that. How is a residential one similar and then also maybe a little different than those areas of study. Yeah, I think you hear curriculum and you automatically think like education, what you're learning in classes, like the the learning that you had in elementary school about different topics. Um, and it's similar um, in our residential curriculum. It's structured differently. Um, in class, you obviously know you go to class, you learn in class, you do readings, either in or outside of class, and you're often tested or evaluated in some formal way um, to prove whether you've learned about multiplication tables in, for me, it was fourth grade math <laughs> tables. Um, in a residential curriculum, it's a little different. It's still structured and intentional. Um, we have a, a plan for the curriculum and what learning we want to happen when. Um, but in other ways, like we provide the learning, students aren't always required to do the learning. Um, they can choose to engage or not. And there are different ways that we evaluate learning. Like we're not gonna sit everybody down at the end of their first year and give them a test about what they did or didn't learn from living in our residence halls. Um, so we assess and evaluate that learning differently. For sure. I like how you talked a lot about just how the curriculum, just like an educational curriculum, is intentional and it's important um, that we are trying to get across certain outcomes and certain goals, but not necessarily in the same format as you would generally see in your um, K-12 classroom or higher education classroom. So like I had just mentioned, learning outcomes are still very intentional in 
a residential curriculum, and especially for our residential curriculum here at Concordia, we talk about how we have four learning outcomes, those being personal development, community engagement, intercultural maturity, and practical competence. Would you be able to talk about a little bit how those kind of came into like fruition? Yeah. So I think the first thing to note is that while they are part of our residential curriculum, they're actually part of a larger curriculum within the Division of Student Development and Campus Life. Okay. Um, and so for students who don't know what offices are involved in that, um, it includes not only residence life, but um, student engagement, the Career Center, the Center for Student Success, um, counseling and disability services, the conduct office, um, even the post office falls into our division. Um, so those four, what we actually call learning goals, those four big overarching goals are things that all of our offices are working on. Um, so to give a little more backstory to like how we got to these four goals, in January of 2020, the division got together for a two-day retreat um, with a consultant to actually develop our learning goals, our learning outcomes, um, our educational priority, which is like the big overarching goal of all of the things that we want students to learn. Um, and through a variety of activities and discussion and work time, we came up with um, that big overarching educational priority, those four goals, the practical competence, personal development, intercultural maturity and community engagement that you just mentioned. Um, and then within those four, um, each of those four goals has three to five smaller learning outcomes within them um, that are a little more tangible things that we can work with students to, to learn it and achieve um, throughout their time at Concordia, interacting with those offices that I listed earlier. Um, so I think to speak to each of them um, and kind of how they came about, they really build on each other. Um, so we start with practical competence and we think of those as like the skills for everyday living, um, making choices, taking care of yourself. Like those, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, kind of those base needs right. um, are what practical competence kind of comes out of. Like you need to know um, how to like schedule your, your life as a student right. in order to be successful. You need to like be able to make some choices because your lives are full of choices and how do you consider those choices and make an, an informed decision when you do make a, a decision and a choice. Um, then we move up to personal development. So really figuring out like who you are as a person, um, taking care of yourself, um, really focusing on like, in this case, Isaac, who are you as a person? Um, and doing some of that like, uh, like sense of self-work. Sure. Then we move into intercultural maturity. So like engaging across difference, engaging with other people, like no two people on this campus are the same. Um, so you need to be able to engage with people who are different than you. That also includes like identifying systemic barriers um, and learning about equity and inclusion. Um, so that's kind of that next step. And then over, not overarching, but like that final um, goal is community engagement. So what are healthy relationships? How do you participate in a community responsibly? And then like kind of the big, big broad dream for that one is like influencing communities local to global. Um, I think that really speaks to Concordia's 
concept of brew and being responsibly engaged in the world. Um, how do we how do we teach that within our division? Yeah, I think it's a really cool way to look about how kind of each of those kind of start from personal and kind of grow out into your community. I like how you brought up that Maslow's hierarchy of needs because it kind of is that idea of starting at just your most basic. What do I need to do kind of just a function moving into developing yourself and then engaging with your community, both with people different and then outwards. I thought that was really interesting. Um, if you'd be able to kind of talk a little bit maybe about how you mentioned um, how our division went to this retreat and wanted to develop this newer curriculum. How does this curriculum kind of differ from maybe what we had before, if we had anything before and like what, what really kind of pushed our division to wanting to work towards this newer curriculum? Yeah. Um, so prior to this, the division itself didn't have any sort of curriculum. Um, the division as it stands now is kind of new um, in the scope of Concordia and the, the offices that are a part of it. Um, it really started when Dr. Elisa Sethry Hofstad took over our division um, in the summer of 2017, right around the same time I started um, and really brought our, our offices back together. I'm not sure what exactly the structure was prior to that, but it's ebbed and flowed and um, as in other college campuses, like it changes every once in a while as there gets to be different leadership and new initiatives. Um, Residence Life has had a version of a curriculum prior to this for, I believe, in various ways, probably about the last 10 years or so. Um, again, it's ebbed and flowed and there have been different priorities and um, different ways of doing curricular work um, in the past. And so I think if you would look at like past work, you'd be like, wow, that's really different than what I've been doing as a student staff member this year. Um, and so it's just grown and evolved with us. Um, I think the, the thing that really launched the division move to the curriculum was actually in the fall of 2018. I had the opportunity to go to uh, an institute called the Institute on the Curricular Approach, ICA. We love acronyms in mm -hmm. higher ed um, with one of our other hall directors to really um, give us a deeper understanding of the curricular work that we were doing. And as we were sitting in these sessions and there were like multiple educational sessions, we got to hear from other schools that were doing curricular work, um, interacting with what they call the faculty at ICA. So there's a group of people who um, have been working with curriculum at their own institutions who come in to teach like the steps in developing the curriculum through sitting through all of those educational sessions and keynotes, um, the hall director I went with and I were talking about how it really, like it made sense for our department, but we could see how it could be something that happened on a bigger scale. Um, so we came back after taking pages and pages of Google doc notes during these sessions um, and shared them back with Michael, who's our now Dean of Students and Director of Residence Life and Dr. Sathri Hofstad. He said like, we think this could be a really cool opportunity for the division, um, especially given Dr. Sathri Hofstad's vision for like what, um, what our work is and how we engage with students. Um, we thought it really could be a good opportunity. And so it took about a year 
to kind of get it all figured out um, and get somebody scheduled to come to campus um, to really launch the work with the division. And so we did that work again in January of 2020 and we're working to launch uh, the curriculum for this fall across the division. And uh, well, there was a pandemic in case you missed that. Um, and so we've been working to launch it. It maybe has looked different um, in some offices than others, just given capacity in the way that we're engaging with students this year. Um, but the work is continuing to happen. And I think students will continue to see those big four learning goals as they continue to interact with our offices moving forward. Yeah, would you be able to talk a little bit about um just maybe some of the like biggest takeaways that you got out of that conference and maybe just some of the, maybe some things you saw at the conference that you thought, I wanna bring that back to Concordia specifically. Mm. Oh, man. You're asking me to think back <laughs> on time, Isaac. I think some things that were maybe reaffirming of the work that we were doing um, is that we saw campuses who had similar materials to us as far as uh, the blueprint, the like list of things that our student staff do as far as curricular work. Uh, there were other schools that had very similar things. So we were like, okay, we at least are like kind of on the boat with how we're presenting this. Around the same time, Concordia launched our um, relationship with RoomPact. And so we got to sit down with um, one of the faculty members who also works for RoomPact um, and really talked through like the work that we were doing. Uh, and he gave us some ideas about like the next steps we could take, like just little baby steps and like how we could tweak a couple things um, to move the curriculum forward. And that was a different curriculum than the one that we're talking about today because we had different learning outcomes at that point, um, but it was still curricular work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of great to see all of these things. And like you said, I thought um, it was really kind of cool for me personally to hear about how things like our blueprint or our relationship with RoomPact already kind of helped us morph into what we are kind of doing today. Um, with all of these kind of just outcomes and goals in mind, what exactly, um, how, what's like the plan for kind of the implementation of this curriculum? Like, how do we want our RAs, MDAs, and et cetera, to kind of push this forward then? Yeah, I think um, something to note is that residence life is not responsible for teaching all 16 of those learning outcomes. Um, that is not sustainable, it is not practical. Um, and so we really have been focusing on like, what is residence life equipped to teach students based on our position and relationships with students? Um, and so a lot of that comes down to like informed decision making, like you get to make a lot of decisions living independently. Um, sometimes for students, this is the first time that they're living independently. So they're making a lot of decisions um, and trying to figure out what's best for them. So we're really focusing on things like that within our work. I know how you said that all of these um outcomes and all these goals aren't solely on residence life, you know, because they're more of a division-wide curriculum. For some topics, like, for instance, um, I think community engagement, it's a lot easier to see the tangible way that that might be getting across to students. How can um, kind of maybe like more personal abstractals, like the practical competence and the personal development, how can we see that happening and make sure that we're fostering that learning? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back to my introduction about like, how do we assess curriculum? Um, it's sometimes really hard to figure out like, did you actually learn this? Right. I don't, I don't know. We can't always just give you a test. Like sometimes there are things that we can observe. Um, and I think it's also important to know that like, as student staff, like, a lot of your work is also relationship building. Um, and so sometimes we have to put that first before we put curriculum work, because you can't like, you can try and teach somebody without having a relationship, but it's easier for you to have a conversation around like time management or um, like a roommate conflict if you have a pre-existing relationship with your residents first. So I think for student staff, it's knowing that like, yes, curriculum is important and what, like the professional staff will tell you what you need to do and give you those resources because we don't expect you to create them from scratch, mm -hmm. um, but that your work is also twofold, like curriculum and relationships. Yeah, for sure. With that, um, especially this year, obviously quite an unprecedented year um, as compared, especially with its implications on just how we're living day to day. I'm gonna ask you a very, very vague question. How do you think the pandemic has kind of affected not only just residents' life, but also its ability to kind of effectively get this curriculum across to our residents? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, nobody was prepared for this year. Like doing your work in a pan global pandemic was not a course I took in graduate school. Um, it was not something we talked about. So I think um, thinking about the work that the professional staff and I were doing in preparation for this year, we had some big dreams. We had big dreams for what this year could mean. Um, we had lots of ideas around the first six weeks and like lots of community building programming. The, uh, there's a lot of research around those first six weeks, 40 days for especially first year students who are transitioning to college around retention um, and satisfaction. So we were really trying to hit like doing things early with especially our first year communities. Um, we had visions around desk programming. As you know, we didn't even have desks open this year. So that got kind of pushed to the side and we're like, well, we'll figure that out later. Um, some of our more traditional programming around like big building wide programs, lots of those like interaction social programs had to be paused or reevaluated because we just didn't have the space to put all of those students into like one classroom together. Like right. even, you know, as academic classes, I think there were probably very few where every single student was able to be in their classroom at the same time. Um, so we really had to pivot a lot of our work, pivot is a great word this year, um, to try and accommodate learning and relationship building in different ways. What we started with the year in like August and September, as far as blueprint work really changed and we uh, refocused mid-year to be more about community building and relationship building. Um, I think especially as students got more comfortable doing things in person, um, we saw that there was a really big need to, to really work on fostering that. Um, and that's part of the great work about curriculum is that like we can have a plan and if we need to change it, 
it should be adaptable. It's not something that we like plan the entire year out for. Uh, and they're like, all right, here you go. Um, we are really embraced the, the concept of like looking at things and evaluating them and shifting and changing as we need it, especially this year. And I think everybody has learned how to do that. Right. I know from personal experience as an RA, I also saw that kind of pivot towards, um, you know, just being overly um, or just open to, you know, being flexible and changing as we go along. And then also that kind of, as you said, the need and the want for engaging with your community and starting to kind of go back towards regular life as, you know, the year has progressed. For you in kind of the main office of Residence Life, could you talk a little bit more about um, just like how you've like kind of seen that need and maybe seen how the halls have kind of individually maybe kind of responded to that? So I think some things that we have seen um, communities do, especially this spring semester as students have gotten more comfortable um, doing some more in-person engagement um, is we've started to see some larger um, like building-wide programming coming back. It's slow, it's still kind of small, uh, it's still masked and socially distanced meeting all of our, our expectations and requirements. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we've seen communities like Park Region hosting some larger gatherings for their residents. Um, that seems to be a theme for Park Region kind of across the board, even pre-pandemic. Like Park Region has always seemed to really enjoy building wide programming and like doing things as a building. I don't know what it is about Park Region, but they like it. We've seen Fieldstead um, doing some larger things and engagement in Fieldstead is challenging because of the student population that tends to live there. Um, but we've seen some successful like TikTok dance programming going on. They had uh, like a big multicultural community meal one evening. Um, and then in some other halls, we've seen some like comedy nights coming back and like some slightly larger programming happening. So um, I think we're, we're starting to shift to students feeling more comfortable engaging in those large um, and but when I say large, I mean like 10 to 20 people large, relatively large, relatively large programs. Um, and so I'm hopeful that that will continue to be a trend again, moving forward into the fall, even if we need to continue being masked in distance, which I believe we likely will be. Right. Um, I think we've learned a lot about what we can do and what students are comfortable doing. Um, so that we can hopefully start the year with some of those larger community building type events. Well, thank you so much for all of your wonderful insights on just kind of what residential curriculum is at the basis and kind of how that kind of came and grew at Concordia. And then also how the pandemic obviously has affected that this past year. Um, again, thank you for joining me today, Emily. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. That concludes today's episode of Learning and Living in the Midst of a Pandemic. Tune in next episode as we begin to start looking more in depth at the four learning goals of Concordia's residential curriculum talked about in today's episode.